0: I'd like to welcome everybody out to the Domesticated Savages podcast. In this episode, we've got your host, the usual, Jake. How's everybody doing? Also, I've got here with me, I've got Fitz. What's up, buddy? Hello, hello. Back, Back from, from the, dead. the dead. Back from yeah. the dead. Back from the Freaking straight Lazarus right Freaking here. Freaking homicidal Zombies. Zombie. I'm feeling like... I feel like Patrick Stewart must have been in the building because he was able to go ambulatory here on us. He was. (laughs) Fitz is ambulatory. He's walking. From From non-ambulatory to ambulatory. Thanks, Patrick. jerks. I see dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I've got here with me, I've got Jeremy. What's up, buddy? What's going down? How you doing? Good? Oh, yeah. Sweet. And also, first guest we have on... Domesticated savages. People
1: may remember him from one of my first stories as Ryan Reynolds. Absolutely. Sitting in with us is none other. He's better looking than Ryan Reynolds, by yes. the way. We've got Corey. How you doing, Corey?
0: Doing good, thanks. Good man. It's good to have you out here. So a couple things we want to talk about here with regards to Corey coming on. How long have you been on the department, buddy?
2: Uh I think it just hit fourteen years.
0: Fourteen. Whew. Fourteen years, brother. Yeah, that's we getting close to that twenty. That's the, that's the gold. Right around the corner, brother. Yeah, that's the, that's the uh, what would you say, the light at the end of the tunnel. That's oh, yeah. the trophy we're looking for. That's what we're all trying to get to, right? And we've got Corey here. He's got a lot of time on the department. What are some of the th- different things you've done on the department?
2: Oh, geez. Um... <laughs> What Sorry, I, I just can't get out of my head that he's calling you Ryan Reynolds. That that happened one time <laughs> from the crazy cat lady on Simpsons who was yelling at us. Uh, I would say I look more like a well-fed stunt double for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs>
0: So right now it looks like you could be in a porno, bro. That freaking stash you yes. got is something legendary. So uh, I kind of want—I'm the guardian kinda, of masculinity, I kinda bro. I kind of want to sit on your face right now. Do you want to put? <laughs> do you want to put
3: your OnlyFans out there?
0: Hey, don't
1: threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Again, I need, I need a little cookie, Dustin. He's he's balking at being called Ryan Reynolds when I'm Gary Busey. <laughs> I mean, He's I'll, humble, bro. He's I, humble. I'll, I'll take it. I'm Mr. Joshua, but <laughs> Mr. Joshua.
2: So, so you guys might know Jeremy as Jeremy, right? But sure. I know him as Big Country, and I think most of our agency and the people of our city know him as Big Country. And uh, just real quick, that all happened one day because uh, we were partners for a long time, uh, had a lot of different assignments together, and this tweaker comes up to me one day uh, while I'm out patrolling, and he goes, "Hey." Where's that big country boy, your partner? I said who? He's like you know that big country boy. So from then on, it kind of stuck it stuck with him. You know, big country. It so. fits him
1: well though. Yeah,
2: no, it does. It's he really he grew good. up on a farm, and I'm, uh, I'm
1: well fed. Well, uh, I mean, to look at me next to like a a brick shit house, you couldn't tell the difference <laughs> well <laughs> i
0: was gonna say you know big country you absolutely are you fit that bill really well so yeah no i have had a few
2: different assignments on the uh pd i worked uh our bike unit which is uh kind of street level drug interdiction um obviously i started out in patrol we
0: all started out in patrol everyone starts out in patrol yeah, you patrol you went from patrol you went to where i went to
2: bikes uh this is
3: back when they actually rode bicycles right
0: uh well <laughs> what <are> they ride <laughs> now jazzy's
3: bro they don't have you seen a bicycle well, in the city no that doesn't count uh, I, I did That's that. I went to detectives. So
0: bike units, what, is, what does bike units do? Just for our listeners who aren't cops. So bike
2: units do all the proactive policing. Well, for our our agency, they do all the proactive policing in high crime areas. Um, Stuff you
0: can be more like, you don't necessarily need a patrol car for to, to respond to because it's high density crime.
2: No, and, it, and it's funny. You know, you tell people that are not cops, um, hey, I worked on bikes. And they kind of laugh and they think of, you know, like. 21 you know, Jump Street. 21 Jump yeah. yeah.
3: Street.
2: The keystone coppers.
0: Yeah. Let's
3: be honest. It is is twenty. Twenty one Jump Street. Well, maybe nowadays,
0: but <laughs> that'd be pretty dope. I'd yeah. go there.
2: <laughs> no, back then it was it was good. Uh, you could sneak up on a lot of people. Uh, you can respond quickly, especially in our uh, in our city. Traffic can be bad, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. getting places quick on a mm-hmm. bicycle. You you know, it it was a lot of fun.
0: Your street level interdiction as well. So you're kind of just out there, and you're being seen. And then also, like you said, you can kind of like sneak up on people if you have to. I think that in some agencies, you know, bigger agencies, New York city, for example, they've got beat cops and the people see them and they know all the business owners. They know where like the actual crime is going on. I think the bike units get a lot of that as well. They can really, they get their you know, fingers on the pulse of what's going on. Would you say that's yeah.
2: Weird? Yeah. And I, I, we would, resp- you know, we would kind of pick and choose, uh, the radio calls that would come in. So if it was, you know, a drug problem or an in progress call that we were close to, we'd kind of jump it and, uh, you know, we're, Hey, I'm a block away, you know, I'll, right. I'll take that. And, uh, it, it was really good. It was a lot of fun. I have some great memories from, from working three years on bikes. Yeah, and, uh, great. then after that, I went to detective division, kind of got my feet wet investigating some crazy capers and you went up to dicks. Yeah. we call it dicks. <laughs> Not necessarily where all the hard chargers go, but
0: Hey, uh, you know, we had, a, we had, we got some hard <laughs>
1: chargers up in there, man. <laughs> a few, a few. <laughs> we, Corey, Corey, we did, we did our times in, in schools. We went to middle schools together. No, yeah, that I, sounds really I ended up going there. to a high Can you school
0: to find what that means. <laughs> yeah. We went to middle school So like, we, we have a, a,
2: school officer, that, a school resource officer A school resource officer program and back then they used to have two officers in every high school and they were assigned to detective division. So it was a good way to get your foot in the door if you wanted to go into investigations. So I did that uh, for a couple years. After that I went to our sex crimes team. In big country and I had that. That's to, where you
1: guys worked together, right? You, yeah,
2: we worked we, together in big, in...
1: Work uh, we we worked together and started out in schools. Uh, well, our story really begins in patrol. When I was on patrol and Corey, I think you were on bikes at the time. So there was one night where and I, I had seen Corey around, but we hadn't worked too much together. There was one night where this, there was this, like a loud, loud party call had come in. I get dispatched as the initial. And it's kind of like this older... Apartment complex. I get there and I knock on the door and it happens just to be a jar swings open. In there, it's one of these. And this is kind of back in the day, so mind you, it's not like the portable Bluetooth speakers you have now. This lady had a legit like tower with a CD player, a record player, a mixer. Yeah, I remember, and then, like the six
2: change CD. Yeah, six change, and then this the two big stand-up
1: <laughs> speakers on the side, yeah. and. This lady it sounded shittier than your iPhone does nowadays. Oh yeah, but she would had it cranked up to eleven, full blast, hard rock, and she was having a one lady mosh pit in the Hell middle of her yeah. apartment. Just her, her and Billy Squire, just going to <laughs> I town. Love Billy, and just, I and love so, Billy. And so I knock on the door and it swings open. And I'm trying to get her attention. You know, I'm yelling. She's not hearing me. And again, she's turned up. Um She's having the time of her life. And obviously, to she, eleven, to eleven, nice. And obviously, she's. She's, you know, she's out of her gourd, drunk, or whatever. And I'm flashing my flashlight at her, trying to get her attention. She is not hearing anything. I mean, she's in the middle of stroke me, stroke me. And she's just going to town. That's the name of the song, right? That's the name of the song.
3: Okay. I was going to say, wait, did we
1: just change stories? Negative Ghost (laughs) Rider. She's my kind of lover. So (laughs) she's. Exactly. Nice. So that's a good plug right there, homie. So she's just. She's going all kinds of crazy and she's loving it. And again, this is probably like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning and she's been going all night. And so the neighbors are fed up. And so I happened to be able to like look in and her tower for like controls were right there and I kind of can see. And I'm again, I'm a tall guy. I've got long arms. So I just reach in and power the whole system off. Boop. And it goes down. And then she kind of turns at me and is like, what the fuck? And she comes at me and starts screaming. Did she go double voice? Yeah, yeah. that's dope. Straight up exorcism. I mean, she'd she'd probably been smoking two packs a day since she was eight. And so, you know, she had that gravelly. She's like, what are you doing? And she starts going in at me, just yelling, bye-bye. And then come, like, I think I asked for another unit. And so another unit shows up, but we're standing kind of outside her apartment and she's just berating me, yelling at me. And she's like, I want to speak to your supervisor. And cause she wanted to complain because I turned off her music at 2 o'clock in the morning. And lo and behold, I hear a voice. Did somebody call for a supervisor? And I see Corey walking around the corner. <laughs> and she's like, yes. And then he didn't say he was a supervisor yeah. at all. But she heard He what, just. He's, he just said, "Is somebody asking for a supervisor?" Yes, and she assumed. Yes, and she goes up to him. And she's like, "This officer was so," dis-. and she starts listing off how I was disrespectful. I turned off her music, and Corey's like, "You know what, ma'am, you are correct." And he turns and starts yelling at me, "How dare you! How dare you do this to this poor lady! You apologize!" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, ma'am," and he's like, "Okay," and she's like, "Thank you so much. That was amazing." That's my first interaction with Corey. <laughs> You've never met each other?
2: No, nah, I just you got to look after your fellow cops, right? You know, oh, I, that think, was I think awesome. he, I, I think I heard him call for a back, and uh, I was around the corner. And I, <laughs> That's awesome. As soon as I get out of the car, you know this this lady's just going to town on him.
1: So that was my first interaction. Then we ended up, like I said, we we were in special, or we were in school resource than the special Did, victims. I thought you say special resource. Special resources hey, don't
2: remind me of fifth grade. <laughs> So then after I worked um, sex crimes, I ended up going to vice, did that for three years.
1: <laughs> I was, Corey, Corey was lucky enough to get me on the collateral unit. So <laughs> we were able to do some, some capers, um, there and another, so to, to be on were you in SRO or no. You so go, I, I, so by the time he's on vice, I'm back in patrol. Okay. He's and back on the beat. I'm, I'm on the beat pushing a black and white Yeah, and i mean a car. That's a, that's what our cars, black and whites. So <laughs> Thanks for letting us know that. I
0: was really worried you went to the 38% I don't, I don't, right there.
1: I don't know if people are thinking like I'm drawing cartoons. Like is this the old Disney cartoons where Steamboat Willie's driving the boat? Black and white is a patrol car. And so by this time, so I, I to attend, to be a vice collateral, you have to go to the Undercover Academy. The undercover officers, as in our vice and our narcotics officers, help. They put on the Academy, they run it. And so you, you're put through a multitude of scenarios. Ranging. Academy's a week long, right? Yeah, I think it was like... Four days or something. Yeah. They run a multitude of scenarios. You're doing some undercover, like narcotic scenarios. You're doing undercover vice scenarios. And one of the scenarios was you're in an undercover car and your job is to go pick up a lady of the night, a streetwalker, a whore. As it hoo-a. were. A yeah, <laughs> And so they set up this scenario where you're, you're told like, okay, hey, you're in an under- undercover car. You're going to go pick up. And the gal I'm picking up is another undercover. She works in the vice unit. So, you know, you, it's just trying to get you inoculated into what these undercover units do. I'm driving in this undercover car and Corey's in the backseat as like my raider, you know, rating me on how I did. I pull out of the parking lot of our training area and right on the street was the other officer, the undercover officer. And I pull up. I look at her and I go, nope. And I just start driving away. <laughs> you're supposed to, you're supposed to like basically solicit her. Solicit her. I'm, I, you're supposed to start talking to her, trying to get her into the car to make a deal. Yeah. And I just look at her and I go, nope. And I start driving <laughs> away. And Corey's in the back laughing the whole time. <laughs> and so I say, nope. And I drive away and Corey's in the back laughing. And then I flip a UA go back and I pull up and I'm like, hey, sweet thing, can I buy you a fish sandwich? <laughs> All of uh, the ladies man from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, gotcha. And. The whole time, I am kind of just goofing because I'm having a good time with my buddy. And yeah. anyways, that was that was my intro into the undercover world, going <laughs> so to the funny. undercover academy. But <laughs> Corey and I, we've had we've had some good times. So your advice.
0: After doing Vice, what you do?
1: Uh, I went to. We're Intel. still introducing Corey. Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. So, so I
2: went. So I went to Intel for about I might a year. Cut everything
0: out that Jeremy says. So yeah, that's yeah, fine. No, you're <laughs> good.
2: Uh, so so after I, the Vice team, I ended up going to Intel, and then uh, I did that for about a year. And it'll be a year in February that I've been assigned to our homicide team. Oh,
0: nice. So yeah, you've got a lot a lot of different you've you've worn a lot of different hats, which is cool. A lot of different experiences, I'm sure, and it's pretty neat to see the different sides of being you know a police officer from all those different things that you've done
2: yeah no absolutely i mean uh all the different teams uh, very different styles of police work and uh getting to know a lot of different people different the way.
0: parts of the police process as well you know being patrol and that's kind of my bread and butter that's what i've done a bunch of my career is patrol so i see the front end of investigations you know going to the houses talking to the people catching the criminals putting them in the jail And And then,
2: and that's it. And that's the show. That's (laughs) that's what you don't
0: patrol. Like literally, that's what you don't patrol. You don't know what happens. after. I don't see follow up. Mm -hmm. I don't go to, you know, I obviously go to court, but you know, I'm not doing, you know, investigational stuff afterward, which is a lot of stuff you've done is the post investigation. You're seeing it like, you know, the middle and the end, the follow
1: investigation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, end. uh, yeah.
2: it's kind of rewarding, you know, being on this end of it because you get to see the case all right. the way through until it's adjudicated. So
0: as we were, it's kind of funny because before we started recording right here, Corey was telling some stories from yesteryear. He was talking about a case that he had. And as he's thinking about the case, he points at me. He says, Jake, you were the initial on this like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, I, I remember, what I remember getting assigned the case, and you
2: know, I'm reading the uh, the initial uh, investigation report, and uh, I I totally remember seeing you know that's funny seeing Jake's name on it. So
0: hopefully, I did myself justice. Um, that's probably a shitty report. That <laughs> <laughs> was a new guy. Probably was real shitty. It's like I was there. The end. Saw a bad guy. <laughs> caught bad guy. The end. So along with that, you also run your own business. Yes, and I want you to talk about your business, what it is. Um, and then just kind of give us some details about it, kind of plug yourself, obviously. So our listeners can, hear what you do, and they can go to your site and whatnot.
2: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. So like you were saying, my wife and I, who's actually a police officer, a beautiful wife, we we run a t-shirt company. It's it's uh, it's kind of funny because getting into it, uh, we've been doing it for about a year now, and it's been really good. We've met a lot of great people, had some really good experiences, had a lot of laughs, had a lot of good times, going to different conferences. and uh, We make t-shirts for coppers that are kind of covert law enforcement shirts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're not looking at your average t-shirt that has uh, a Punisher skull and a thin blue line on it, right? We mm-hmm. want to make t-shirts that, that everyday coppers can relate to that mm-hmm. are kind of covert, that they feel comfortable wearing out
0: in public. So another cop's going to identify, oh, that's a cop shirt. Yes. Right? If they yeah. look at it for a second, be like, that's a cop shirt. But your average Joe Might not be like, oh, that's a cop. Yeah, they're not going to know it right off. They're not going to think, oh, that's a a, a cop. Because think about it is, and I think it's what you're doing. I I love it, honestly, because me going out in public, the last thing I want to do is wear something representing me as a police officer if I'm off duty, because that just draws attention. Mm -hmm. And I don't want the attention on me because then it's like, now I've got a million different risk factors out there, right? You being able to have some swag that I can identify with that, you know, represents me but not everybody's gonna know what it is. That's dope. Except I like our that.
2: small community. So, yeah. So, what's,
0: what's the name of your company?
2: So, we are South Track Apparel. Uh, you could find us online. We're on Facebook and Instagram if you just look up South Track Apparel. So, so Instagram is at South Track Apparel, one word. Facebook's at South Track Apparel. And then you can find us at SouthTrackApparel.com. A lot of people don't know what South Track is. <laughs> the reason my wife and I named it that was because in our city, uh, we have an area. Uh, kind of a stretch most big cities have what you call a track and a track is where a lot of ladies of the night and drug dealers and a lot of high crime uh, things happen we have two tracks in our city that are kind of notorious i worked a lot of my career on the south end and so we call it the south track and so you know a lot of people think it's oh is this a racing company is it, you
0: know yeah yeah, yeah yeah whatever you know <laughs> normally so, would think is this a racing company yeah so it, South it's, track is it's been South it's track. been
2: really good and we're we're blessed to have it and we're having a great time every day we do everything with our shirts so we design them we print them we ship them and it's just the two of us you know running it that's, out of our that's house awesome. so that's,
0: so how like honestly First off, I'd like to know what your inspiration for doing something like this was. Well, it kind of started, you know, when
2: I was working on the vice team, I'd wear plain clothes every day, obviously. Right. Right. And, you know, I grew this big mullet and big handlebar mustache and I kind of looked like this old cowboy. You know, when I would wear t-shirts, I I would want to wear something that could be law enforcement related, but not necessarily identified. A lot of the t-shirts that we had for our agency or kind of our region were just completely overt. Law enforcement shirts, right? Right.
1: I. It's it's kind of hard to pick up a whore when you're wearing a shirt that says "I'm a cop." Yeah, you you know, blue blue. flags everywhere. That's some of these. Some of these whores are street savvy.
2: Yeah, you can't wear a shirt that says operator. Yeah, and <laughs> operator. has a blue line flag on it. Yeah, right. so that's Why I never get any skulls
0: of them. and guns. Yeah. So listen, I like uh, those too. They're, I, they're time of play. I
2: probably. love skulls and guns, and most of our designs have skulls and guns on them, but just in the, in a in a context where we can um, wear them proudly, but not overtly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So that's kind of where we got started, and so. Um, We designed a shirt kind of specifically for our unit, and then after that, when all the riots and uh, all the garbage started to happen in 2020, we ended up designing a shirt, and we kind of sold a ton of them. Uh, just to different coppers in our agency and other agencies that helped respond, fire departments, sheriff's offices, uh, you know, our our highway patrol, things like that. And it just kind of got me thinking, hey, we could do this, kind of do some designs that are very personal to us. You know, I had ended up reaching out to a buddy of mine who works uh, in Southern California for an agency and kind of does the same thing, kind of got some tips from him. Um, his name's Rudy. He's awesome. You can check him out at Watch 3 Apparel. mm mm-hmm. Um, He makes awesome t-shirts, high quality.
0: Is it three, like a number three or?
2: Yeah. So, so at his agency he works for, which is um, in the Los Angeles area, really big agency. He, uh, you can go to watch three apparel and he makes really good t-shirts and he does it all himself. And so that kind of gave me some inspiration. Hey, you know, I want to do that here, but I want some designs that are going to be local to our community and to our law enforcement brothers and sisters that we can relate to as well that aren't from you know uh southern california you know and so so we started doing that it's just kind of snowballing and it's 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 been amazing you know cool and it and it's fun to share that with my beautiful wife and yeah. um we have so much fun doing it that's so. awesome
0: like i said go you guys that are listening check out south track apparel we wanted to bring you an episode in this episode we wanted to talk about what in the world is going on that means everywhere I'm sure you guys, the listeners, have looked around yourselves and said, "What the hell is going on?" I cannot believe they were experiencing the types of things we're experiencing right now. I like uh, a site called Babylon B. You guys ever listen to Babylon B or read Babylon B stuff? Oh yeah. yeah. So they do a lot of satire. All their stuff satire. It's funny because <laughs> they made a I think is a video recently where they're talking about how. The world is getting so strange that a lot of the stuff they've done in satire in the past is coming to fruition now so satire a couple years ago is now reality almost in an unrecognizable
1: world yeah that we're living in
0: so i think that as police officers you know a lot of the crap that we've dealt with over the years has been strange but i feel like <laughs> it's getting even more strange nowadays so i wanted to tell some stories Obviously, relating to that topic in and of itself. Can
2: I tell you something? You know, I'm actually a third generation copper. Actually, I did not know that. (laughs) It's kind of weird. But I remember growing up hearing a bunch of stories from grandpa and from dad and stuff that the weirdest shit happens to people. Yeah, and nobody ever hears about it. Yeah. and I kind of didn't believe it until I started experiencing
0: it. Yeah. So it's
2: it's it's going to be yeah. fun. It's funny so because that,
3: so you're a third generation cop. You're a second generation yeah. cop. Are you the first generation cop? I'm a first generation cop. I'm I'm
1: about fourth generation trailer trash, but <laughs> oh, first generation yeah. cop. First generation cop. <laughs> yep.
0: That's, that's so me. four generations ago they moved into the trailer and they just haven't moved out yet. Yep. <laughs> nice. That's neat, baby. Fair enough. So first, first, second, third. Cool. Oh,
1: cool. And it started with your grandfather,
2: Yes, the captain. Yeah, we, we called him the captain, uh, rest his soul. He passed away a few years ago, and uh, he was in the Marine Corps, World War II, yep. Iwo Jima, came back, oh, uh, joined the PD, good 30 some odd years, and you know. Was a legend. Back to what's going on in the world.
1: As most of our listeners and any of us, you see stories on the news or prominent stories going out there, and you just don't recognize, like, is this really the world we're living in today? So one of the ones I found is a recent one, and it's on multiple websites. The one I'm on is called Distractify, and it has to do with uh, a pretty famous- I thought you were going to say the Weekly World News. The <laughs> Weekly World News, uh, this lady gave birth to an Elvis Bat Baby,
0: <laughs> and he's topping- Aliens have come and
1: abducted. He's topping number one on all the charts. But Infiltrated by the- The headline for this story is, Instagram model purportedly sues Drake for insane- hot sauce condom story. And again you're thinking like I didn't know they made condoms in hot sauce flavor which sounds, which seems like a bad idea for everyone involved. It sounds delicious. I mean, wasn't my worst Friday night. You know, but and so I, I kind of, you know, got into the story and basically what had happened is there's this Instagram model who obviously she probably has millions or th- hundreds of thousands or millions of followers on Instagram. She connects with Drake. They exchange. They have this back and forth going on, and um, they decide to meet up and go to Drake's hotel room. Even in the story, the model says that Drake was very adamant. Like, hey, this is all consensual, right? You're you're down to clown, you're hurting for a squirting, you're single and ready to tingle, and <laughs> I think it's
0: ready to mingle. No tingle, baby. Tingle, tingle, baby. You gotta get those tingle berries.
1: So, they. <clears throat> they go back to Drake's hotel room and they, you know, engage in consensual activities. Copulation. Copulation. He knew her biblically, as it were. What does that mean? In the biblical sense. They. Yeah. They, they What's had the laid, Bible? He had, had carnal lay, knowledge. He has full carnal, carnal knowledge. knowledge. Is that like a carne asada? It's exactly <laughs> well, like that. Yes. Except this is not the, this is, that's the taco you want hot sauce on, not this one. Damn it, you stole my fucking bit. I did. You stole my bit. That was mine. I made that up. So they go back to Drake's hotel room. They're having a good time. Full carnal knowledge. They have sex. And he's using prophylactics. He's protected. And apparently he had used the condom fully. Inside the condom was some of that baby gravy. (laughs) He busted the nut. Some of that man chowder was inside that condom. So like most normal people, afterwards he goes to the bathroom to clean up. Um, comes out and then she hops into the bathroom right away. Well, she finds the condom and it's tied up and she's thinking dollar signs. So she takes the condom. Hold on. On, it's tied up? Tied up. Like the condom's tied off. Like, yeah, like he stretched it out and tied Do you it. You like tie knot.
0: your condoms off? I mean, who does that? I've never done that. Well, was, what am I making? Party balloons? Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> used party balloons? Oh, dude. Party I'm not a multi-crazillionaire rapper. Oh, right. So ties I don't it know. Off. Whatever.
1: So he t- ties it off. And so she goes in there, finds it, unties it, and decides the best idea she had that night was: I'm going to use this and put it inside me, hoping maybe she would get pregnant or some right. sort of. Anyway, she's not thinking correctly. Well, no, she's thinking. She sees those dollars dollar, signs, dollar Dollar signs. Dollar bills, huh, yeah. Cash money. Dollar bills. Whether it's. Whatever she was, whatever purposes she was going to use it for. Anyway, she unties it and she empties the contents inside herself. Well, Drake. As you do. As you do. Drake, being the very savvy gentleman that he is, had decided, I'm going to put a bunch of hot sauce in there to make sure that this is not going to be viable. And so as soon as she empties the contents into herself, she starts screaming and is like, oh my goodness. <laughs> She comes out. I'm like, sure that's what she says. She sounded like a fucking dinosaur. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she comes out of the bathroom screaming. At Drake's like, "What's happened?" And basically, she has to cop to, "Yeah, I put uh, new hot sauce." Fitz just,
0: Fitz just showed me a freaking picture of
1: a, that's money of a Taco Bell hot sauce pack with a Drake's face on. It. So basically, she has Live to tell not. him like, "Yeah, what's going on?" And now, in her infinite wisdom, she's thinking of suing Drake for. Adding hot sauce to his used condom. Good and, luck. Uh, yeah, and again, Good I'm like, what luck. the hell is going on? Only
0: in America. Only yeah. in America. Hey, like I said, you like hot sauce in your tacos. Not boys? that.
1: Not that pink taco. <laughs> not oh that pink gosh. taco. The tweets and
3: stuff coming out on this are hilarious. Oh so,
1: but again, not only did she have the audacity to try and bamboozle him and get some sort of monetary compensation for her efforts. Now she has the audacity to sue him like, this is your fault. You're the reason that I have a yeast infection from hell. You made me put hot sauce in my vagina. Is that real? Yeah. It's It's, it's all over the internet. Google it. Google it. It's yes, the there. internet is a very trustworthy source. <laughs> you if it's everything. on the internet; it's true. You can't put anything on the internet that's not that's true. not
2: true. That's that's one of those things. I read bro. it on Babylon B.
1: It was actually it was actually reported by Elvis. He he's come back and he's out of the uh, you know he's back from the dead. Oh yeah, since. Tupac, Elvis and Tupac. Yeah. yeah,
3: they have yeah. their own little news station yeah.
2: now. <laughs> Them and uh, Princess Die. Yeah, you know, being R. being a cop, um, can't I had talk about no. I in like that. <laughs> How dare you, being a cop. And, and going on some of these capers, um, I had no idea how many people pee and jars and buckets and save it. Yes. And oh, leave it all over the place. So weird. And why? Why in your right mind would you're like, you know, I really got to go. This mason jar looks great. Let's put the lid on it and let's stack it in the corner.
3: <laughs> Instead of walking 20 feet down the, the y- hall. Yeah, exactly.
2: Right. And, and, um, We've all been there. <laughs> it's so, it's so weird that people do that kind of stuff. 90% of people, when they die, they die naked.
0: Oh, yeah. That's an absolute <laughs> fact. You
2: know, I, I, I feel like a lot of the deaths that we go on, you, uh, you know, patrol call us out and say, hey, you know, we need a detective to come look at this. Yeah they're always naked.
0: Maybe they're just pulling a prank on you. They just undress everybody before you get there.
2: Well, I hate it, you know. <laughs> I, all the dead I, I, <laughs> <laughs> middle of the night and it's like, "Hey, we got this weird."
0: Ooh, is it the same person death. going from death to <laughs> death? Yeah. The no, same but, dude. It's just patrol has a they have a policy that says they must undress the the people who have died before court shows up on scene. I <laughs> so so swear going to back God. to
3: the the pee thing, the pee bottle stuff. When I was in the Marine Corps, and we were over in Iraq, um we had a couple guys, so we had like a little miniature wooden house. You, We housed a, a squad in each one, so you had like 12 Marines in, in one uh, little makeshift house, a little hooch. And so our bathrooms were kind of on the other side of our little combat outpost, about the size of a football field. And because it was so hot, we were right there in the middle of the summer, a lot of guys would pee in bottles, right? And then at the end of the day or whatever, when you leave, a bunch of them would, you know, you take them and you'd dump them in the dump outside or whatever, which was kind of weird. I never did that. But we had why? Why did you pee in a bottle? That's not part of War Zone, dude. That because guys didn't want to get guys didn't want to get out of their bed and go all the way to the other side. Granted, it wasn't a big it wasn't a big combat outpost. That's I'll the beautiful that. thing about being a dude, the world is your urinal. Yeah, I, well, so we had very specific ways that it was set up for hygiene purposes. I mean, we had we had like a hundred, maybe a hundred and eighty dudes living on this little combat outpost, the size of a football field. We had like the big, like one liter old school water bottles. And then we had normal like Gatorade bottles. So when I was there, I was a fire team leader. So I had four guys that were underneath me. I had three Marines. And then I had our, our Navy corpsman, our doc with us. So my, one of my guys, um, finds a bottle under his, under his little bunk bed thing. And thinking that it's his Gatorade bottle, he goes to take a drink. Well, he immediately starts spitting it up and he goes running outside. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this bitch? Like, so I go running out after him trying to find out what's going on. And he's just, projectile vomiting did all you, over the Did you rocks.
0: ask him if he wanted a tic-tac? <laughs> he
3: was, he was, sir, <laughs> he was a casualty of war. <laughs> and he, and he was, how did Billy Bob die in Iraq? <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't just like, he didn't like sip it. He was like chugging it. He was thirsty. Yeah. Cause we had just come back from a foot patrol. Sure. So we were out for like two, three hours, you know, in the hot ass sun in, in Iraq. So he comes back and everyone's, you know, shedding their, their, uh, their vests and everything. And this dude just starts chugging and just, about halfway through just spews it up and goes running out so thinking that there's something medically wrong with him I go running out after him and I yell for the doc to come with us and so me and him and this puking marine are out there and he's just puking his guts out and finally I'm yelling his name I'm like dude I'm like what the freak is wrong with you and he looks at me and he has tears in his eyes because he's throwing up so much and he goes he's like corporal I think I just drank somebody's piss and I was like I'm sorry what the fuck did you just say <laughs> he goes, He's, he still has the Gatorade bottle in his hand. And he goes, I'm pretty sure this is piss. And he's like shaking it around. And I'm like, yeah. I looked at i looked at our corn and I was like, doc, you got this, dude. I am not dealing with this right now.
1: <laughs> and that's the second time I had crabs. <laughs> <laughs> crabs of the mouth. You gotta shave your beard. <laughs> so uh, going along with uh, what the hell is going on in the world, I think Corey... There's a there's a caper that you and I were involved in that
2: you know I I listened to the podcast <clears> last week and I was laughing really hard uh, when Jeremy was telling our, uh, our Jean luc Bacard uh, story. <laughs> it's all true by that's, the way. That <laughs> sir, That's sir, he's a knight. Yeah, he was a great guy. At that same conference, we get a call of this guy who was he was going he, he somehow finagled his way into the green room like where all the celebrities were right and he's soliciting prostitutes for the celebrities and everyone's like get the hell out of here what are you doing you know and and they're saying hey this guy's here he's acting really weird
0: they can get their own prostitutes,
2: exactly right and so we end up 86 in this guy and and we're like this guy taking him out right. and and okay so when i talk about this guy I want you to picture Rip Torn in dodgeball. Yeah. Yes. With a Hawaiian shirt and a fedora and a long ponytail. Oh
0: damn. Maybe in, sixty-five
2: in or out of the wheelchair. Out of the wheelchair. <laughs> and he's talking to country and I and, and we're like, hey, this guy he's a few fries short of a happy meal. Okay, like he he's not all there. So we're we're we 86 this guy. We're like, hey, you know, get the fuck out. About four or five months later country and I are working sex crimes and we got a call out from patrol. Hey, we need detectives over here at the hospital. We got this guy, we have a sexual assault, whatever. We've got everybody here. At this hospital, it's one of the regional hospitals. I had no idea this unit existed, but it was like a a unit for old people that are committed. So people that are a danger to themselves or others that are geriatric, right? That are older people that, and it's a special lockdown unit. You know, they can't leave. Um, they're under 24 hour care of a doctor.
0: Cause they're going senile.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I mean, they might have mental health problems and, and all kinds of stuff. So we get there. And essentially what happened is Rip Torn, obviously not the real Rip Torn, (laughs) one of the the nurses had walked around into this lady's room and this lady's um, bedridden. She's got a lot of medical problems and I think she like had severe dementia or something, right? Like she,
1: she didn't know which way was up. She was like on a 10 second Tom on like 51st dates. Like you'd be like, how's it going? And then 10 seconds later, she wouldn't remember Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm she's gone.
2: So, so the nurse comes around the corner and this, this dude is on top of her, right? And he's,
1: he's got her, he's got her gown up.
2: He's got her gown up and he's sexually assaulting her. So they stop the assault. Um, they want to call the police department. They need this investigated. And so we're like, okay, who's your suspect? And it's, it's this guy. And so Jeremy and I go take a look at this dude and he's sitting in a chair and we're like, holy shit. This is the dude we 86 from the conference. Yeah. Like this dude was committed by a doctor. So, you know, somehow he goes into the hospital. He starts telling the doctors in the ER that he's a doctor. And he says, he's what did he say? He, I'm a I'm a psychiatrist, uh,
1: psychologist, and a bicyclist. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a bicyclist, and a transplant. Surgeon. And a philanthropist. And a philanthropist. And so, Full so, so this.
2: So this is the dude, right? So so we grab him, we throw him in the car. We need to talk to him. Um, you know, we want to interview him at the PD. And so they get him, and he's wearing a button-up shirt, button-up with like, suspenders, with
1: suspenders on his Ooh. on
2: his hospital scrubs gown, the, the and, pants. His, and his penny loafers with his ponytail. Right. Wow. So we get this guy in the box.
0: He cuts an image. Oh, yes,
2: bro. This is a caper, right? So we end up we, we get in the box with this guy, and, and we start talking to him, and he goes off. About how he met this lady at the local sports club. We don't even have a local sports club.
1: And and he, and he knew her husband. It's like from the, the YMCA. Sports, yeah. he, no, <laughs> he, he says, Oh, uh, well, yeah.
2: And, and he talked to this really weird accent. He's said, Well, yes, I, I knew her husband from the local sports club. And uh, we had met and uh, had several encounters uh, in 1982. And, uh, you know, we have been uh, often on lovers ever since. And, mm-hmm. You know, we're pretty much trying to like, you know, get this out of him, right? And he's not saying anything. And so finally, he goes. It was like the summer of
1: nineteen thirty-nine.
2: Nineteen thirty-nine. I can't remember what year it was. was like. It was the summer. I think of it was like.
1: I think it was like the summer of fifty-two.
2: Summer of fifty-two. It's a, it's a it's a film uh, that depicts a, a young boy who's about to go off to war, and he makes love to an older woman and becomes a man before he goes off to war. And I mean country and I are doing everything we can to just hold it together and just be professional in this interview and so finally we're like hey we're gonna take a break you know this this guy definitely did it you know and so as we get up to leave the room we're like you need water you need to go to the bathroom or anything and he's just silent and he's his head's down at the table and he just comes up and goes
1: call my lawyer (laughs) <laughs> so at that at, obviously at that point the interview's done right he's requested a lawyer so we're not asking him any more questions about the incident like I said he's an older guy he's a character and so he would he says i want to take a smoke break
2: so our sergeant at the time says you know hey country take this guy out back for a smoke and so I, and i don't smoke <laughs> so he takes him out to the loading i don't and, want
1: to put him in handcuffs or anything right because <laughs> He's you he's know. not a threat but the sergeant <laughs> says hey you take him and then he also signs one of the other detectives to go with us as so we go to the back loading dock area where you can smoke so as, as we're getting him ready again we're not really putting him in handcuffs cuz this guy's no threat and so but he's obviously claimed that he's a doctor and so but oh, he's told us all about yeah. his his medical, medical degree pre- yes and so before we get him off out to the loading dock, Corey's, you know, we're talking to him and like, hey, what, well, you know, as in your professional medical opinion, what's the best cure for the common cold?
2: <laughs>
1: we're just having fun
2: with this dude, right?
1: And then he's, he says something to the effect like a hot bath and like and warm brandy or a hot bath and cold vodka. You it's, put the cold towel over your face and you sip ice cold brandy in a hot tub. It'll clear you right up. Clear you right up. <laughs> Sound medical advice in my opinion. Actually, like, great. good. So, we we take him out to the it's it's now it's just me and this other female detective and this guy take him to the back loading dock. I can't remember. He smoked. I remember it was American spirits. And, wow. Yeah. <laughs> not filtered a filtered or unfiltered. I can't remember. They have not a cheap cigarette though. Oh no, no. And so, you know, he's puffing on it, telling us his, you know, love stories and and just going. And and this other female detective, she had. I don't know if she smelled like marbles or camel, whatever they were. But he's like, these are the best cigarettes here, young lady. You have it, and he tries to put the cigarette in her mouth. <laughs> Try she's this. not the person you no. want to offer a cigarette to. Okay. Try this. This is the best. You love it. These are all natural. These will these will make you live longer. And so she's like, no, get the fuck away from me. Like, and he's like, no, no, no please let me. I'm a doctor. Let, this this is sound medical advice. You you take a puff. This will help you. And so I'm sitting there having to like referee because she's gonna knock this dude, and you know he's into his, into his grave. And so finally he gets done with his cigarette and she obviously doesn't take a puff. She denies him. We get back to the interview room to the box in the box. And so at this time, again, he requested a lawyer. So again, our interview about the incidents over. So we end up getting a warrant for a penile swab. And because of what the uh, witness, the, the nurse that was making the round saw, probably pretty good that we're going to find some of her DNA on this gentleman. And so we're like, okay, well, let's get a penile swab on this guy. So we we, we get a search warrant. And when when it comes to penile swabs, it's not the cops who are doing this. We have special nurses. A forensic who in, nurse. A forensic nurse who comes in and they're trained to do all this. And so... Can you imagine cops doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see your weenie, bro. Hang, brain. It's time to get that. You got, out. Hey, Corey, you got to make a shirt. <laughs> Let me see your weenie. It's ready for your swap.
2: You know, I. You know, it, it's funny that you guys say that. You guys with this podcast. You know, I remember being a boot and walking out in the parking lot of you know whatever patrol division and you just see those salty OG cops sitting there telling war stories, you guys have turned that into a
0: podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's exactly what the yes. <laughs> You know, like all the new guys are like, who are those guys? Yeah, don't talk to them. <laughs> so You don't rate, you don't rate yet.
1: So we're waiting and anyways, the forensic nurse gets there and so he's in this interview room and obviously I cannot leave her alone with the suspect even though he's not really a danger this forensic nurse. I can't leave her alone with no. this guy. He's in my custody. She's my responsibility to make sure. So she goes in and she ser- you know, we get the warrant. She ser- we serve him with the warrant. She says, okay, I'm the forensic nurse. I'm trained. I'm going to take a penile swab. And this guy, he was pretty tall. He was like six, three. I mean, he was not a, a tiny fellow. And so he stands up and he goes, well, <clears throat> madam, you might have trouble finding my penile. I'm quite dehydrated. <laughs> And sure enough- I might have trouble finding my penile. My penile. Because she, she said I'm here I to do a, a penile, penile swab. swab. might have trouble my <clears throat> you might penile. Have, you might have trouble finding my penile. I'm quite dehydrated. Quite dehydrated. Corey said he You're has these bro. suspenders on. So I'm in this interview room. I have to undress this guy because- after all his medical degrees, he doesn't know how to undress himself. So I'm popping off these suspenders. I,
2: I just wish I could have had like a video of Jeremy in there, like helping this dude loosen his suspenders. We could that on our oh, yeah. that, that we com-
1: could have made that our only fan. That pen, comes bro. in later. So I, I, anyways, he drops trout, and this dude's hung like a bull hamster. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know what that so means. So picture a hamster. You know the small, tiny, furry little rodents. Yeah, um, they're delicious. Not not a lot going on. South of the south, bull south have the, to do with any South of the border. You said he's hung like a bull hamster. Yeah, you know the male, the male, the male species of the hamsters. I you don't, don't know. watch National Geographic, bro. So oh. I'm sure on your island of uh, whatever, you probably <laughs> eaten many of. <laughs> the tugboats not bring those out there either. Did the tugboats <laughs> not bring anatomy <laughs> textbooks or fucking we National Geographic hamsters.
3: We have airports, all. Okay. Bowlby.
1: I thought you were dead, dude. <laughs> We didn't even
0: address that.
1: <laughs> oh no, we did in the intro. Yeah, we did in the intro. So, anyways, this guy he drops trowel and thought you were dead. Sorry. And That's you guys funny. didn't even give me a moment of silence either. Yeah, you didn't a bunch deserve of jerks. it. Jocelyn did. Oh, you did? We cut it out. I cut uh, that out. I <laughs> <laughs> cut that out. You're not worth a moment. You didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. So she I hate this podcast. And again, when you're doing a swab, you can't, I mean, it's not just a quick like beep boop. It, you know you have to get pretty involved so she's it's like two worms fighting over you know she's she's going around swapping and the poor nurse this guy's enjoying it now ooh, ooh, thank you and so she gets done and then I have to this guy can't get dressed so my sergeant's like hey take him to the bathroom and help him get dressed so I have to escort this gentleman to our prisoner bathroom I'm having to pull his pants up Help him get his suspenders on. It was, again, one of those stories where it's like, "What the hell is going on?" You just you, you kind of look at yourself and
2: you realize, this isn't what I signed up for.
1: I did not sign up to have some old crazy dude's dick swab right next to me. That's not what I thought my cop work was going to be like. But again, you just you never know where uh, a day's going to take you.
0: Yeah. So this one actually happened pretty recently. Uh, one of my officers. He gets dispatched up to this area on an unwanted person. The person who lives there wants, he's got a a person who will not leave. So our officers get up there. The city's kind of going to shit in the meantime. And so I'm kind of trying to pay attention to multiple things that are going on. All of a sudden, uh, I hear them call out, the guy's barricaded. He won't come out. And then they're calling for a sergeant to come up. And I'm like, all right, I'll be around. I head up that way. I get there. Only one of my officers comes up it's george he's talking to me and he's like yeah so the guy he's uh he's in the back he's barricaded in the bathroom he won't come out so i look at george i'm like okay what are we gonna do so we go to the door and george you know kind of knocks on it and then twists the handle and and it opens so the door opens and this shower is on and i can hear the dude's kind of like talking himself george's like hey the police are here come out right now we're here you need to submit to our custody. Come out of the bathroom. George, you know, bless his heart. He's trying his hardest. He's just not making any progress. And finally, I'm like, George, we're going in. We're grabbing this guy. We're pulling him out, right? We're, we're done playing
1: reindeer games. <laughs> reindeer games. That's another story. <laughs> Listen up, Ben Affleck. There's no
0: more reindeer games here. <laughs> and we go to go hands-on with this guy. And he's, he's wet. He's like a flipping greased pig. And we're trying to wrestle this guy. And I grab the guy. And as I'm, like, wrestling with this guy... I look down and Wayne flopping around and he's got a freaking cock ring on. taking <laughs> <laughs> balls like in the shower. He's got this cock ring on and didn't think much of it. Whatever. Gotta fight this guy. So I flip and body slam him and I must have caught him right on the throat because when I body slammed him, he's like, ah, screaming. As soon as I hit him on the throat, he's like, and no, no more screams. <laughs> Put his hands behind his back, get him in cuffs, and load him up in the ambulance. So I've got to like kind of review body cam and I'm reviewing mine. See my video and see George's video. Make sure everything lines up. So I'm looking at the video and I'm watching my camera and it's just normal, whatever, using force on the guy. And then I'm like, hey, George, let's watch your camera. See what kind of angles you got. see what you see. And we turn on George's camera and no shit. It looks like point of view on the dude's dick the whole time it's a snuff film and all you're seeing is Bro, balls and ass hold on hold on it's like point of view right on the dude's dick and i'm looking at george i'm like what the hell were you focused on dude it looks like george is just staring at this guy's dick for the five minutes while we fight him and i'm like dude jeremy come check this video out dude. oh and so jeremy starts watching the video and jeremy looks at me what did you say
1: i was like what the fuck were you filming? Is this a snuff film? <laughs> in, in the video, it's just screaming blood, dick balls, and ass. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a snuff film, George. You might not want to turn this in. I don't know what you're doing, but. I
0: mean, that's just crazy. That, and that's kind of like the theme, obviously. This stuff goes on all the time. All people the time. are just like finding each other on the internet to, for casual meetups and stuff like that. And granted, if that's your thing, that's fine. Well, we had, we had but that, that just, murder, right? It's just, just crazy.
3: The, what was it, last year?
0: Not we, but
1: uh, there was a murder. Yeah, there was a murder
0: somewhere in the United States of America.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. But again, like you said, there's been multiple murders where people you know, meet on apps or social media or whatever just to meet up like, hey, I don't know you. I don't know you. Let's get together. And it turns out it's like, hey, thanks for coming over. Uh, Let me slice your throat real quick and I'm going to eat your flesh. So again, with what's, you know, the craziness going on, there was a... A homicide in, in in the city. And this girl was pretty young. Mid to late teens. Yeah, mid to late teens. She met this guy. They had actually hooked up, um, shared a, a relationship, but since she was not of age, she couldn't really be consensual because he was more than her age. Yeah. So she's you know, at home midday on the phone with her mom. This guy shows up because he knows no one's at home. This girl cut it off. Uh, well, he wasn't accepting that. And so he's like, Well, if you're not going to be with me, you're going to be with nobody forever. Goes to their house. She's on the phone. Here's Mom hears the crashing because she's like, Something weird's going on. You know, something crazy's going on. She, uh, the mom over the phone hears this crashing. Line goes dead. Calls us and patrol responds and gets there. And, you know, kind of looking down the house and like the back door or something is open. And this girl is just almost gutted, almost decapitated. I mean, this guy just, I mean, almost eviscerated. He, was brutal just killed her and it was just kind of you know i think i think the families had known each other but they kind of connected over social media or something but again like you know this this young girl had thought that she's just meeting a friend or hooking up with a friend or whatever and ended up being the last thing she ever did what the hell like
3: all just, because you got denied so now i'm gonna cut all he got off. denied <clears throat> seems reasonable yeah we've all In been a there. civilized society
1: jesus uh, presence that we have of social media, you know. Back in the day, it was like, "Hey, little child, come and get in my van. I've got you know stranger danger, candies, and... some candy." Now that's not a thing anymore because you meet these people online and they'll chat for, you know, whatever months, months and then it's like the guy's like, "Hey, you're 13. Let's get naked." <laughs> there was a one. There was one where I think I helped on one of the takedowns, but it was a guy that had been arrested, like. Was it a month or a couple weeks before? Oh,
2: yeah. So this dude, um, you know, you, you talk about social media. I, I think people just don't realize the dangers of it. You know, when I was working on the vice team, luckily, I was my eyes were kind of opened to some of the garbage that happens in the world that is a lot more common than not common. But we had this guy and, and nobody would have known about him unless we were kind of doing this proactive service of essentially getting online and pretending to be kids um, and posting uh, profiles on different social media sites. I had posted a profile and on, on a social media site and, you know, a bunch of people are hitting me up and the persona that I was being was was a boy and this dude ends up, uh, you know, saying he wants to engage in sexual activity and he's well aware of me being a child and you know, Hey, we got to keep this a secret, blah, blah, blah. So he shows up, we grab the guy, really weird circumstance going on. He went to jail. I think he was only in for a few days. Yeah. uh, Maybe less than a week. Right. Yeah. So he ends up getting out of jail and uh, you know, I'm back to work and, and kind of doing the same thing, looking for pedophiles. And sure enough, this same dude hits me up again. And, are, and i had a different oh, no yeah. a different profile this time <laughs> but basically you're you're a young
1: boy you're a young lad <laughs> the same parameters but yeah different.
2: same parameters same Social media and kind of the terms, from what I understand, uh, the case had already been filed by our DA's office, and kind of some of the terms of his release were, uh, you know, no internet, you need to check in, blah blah blah. Obviously, he's not obeying that, right? So he sh- he ends up showing up again, and and we didn't have any uniform takedowns, and so I get on the rover and I'm like, hey, I need a couple units to come help us do a takedown. Well, my old friend Big Country shows up. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I kind of briefed everybody, and, and Country was the TL, the team leader, and said, hey, you know, this guy's going to turn up, and uh, sure enough, he does, and Country takes him into custody, and we're like, obviously, this guy isn't obeying the terms of his pretrial release or whatever, and, you know, he's a danger to our community, and we get him in the interview room, and he's like, no, I've got an attorney, I don't want to talk to you, and so I'm like, okay, do you want to make any phone calls? And he says, yeah, I need to call my dad. He puts it on speakerphone, and he calls his dad. And his dad answers the phone and he's like, what is it? And he said, dad, I got arrested again. And he goes, what? And he said, for what? He said, trying to have sex with a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part is his dad goes, again? (laughs) Oh my God. And he's like, oh, you are fucked now, son. (laughs) Yeah, no, his dad totally said that, right? And, uh, sure enough, I think this was like on a Friday or Thursday or Friday. And, uh, I get a call, we, you know, we rebook him and do all that stuff. And I get a call from the DA's office that said, Hey, I just got out of court and this dude is go- is on his way to prison right now. And he pled guilty to everything and-, oh, and he's going away for a while. So, and you know, the thing is, is, is if, you know, we weren't doing that kind of stuff, who knows how many people this guy's victimized or he was going to victimize or, exactly. you know, he would have chained a child to his radiator or something right and if it puts
1: the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again (laughs) and it's
2: just like what is going on in the world where people are doing this kind of stuff you know you you ask any of these guys
3: and to go into that right you have some states now that are talking about pedophilia as not being criminal but it's no you know it's they're trying to normalize they're trying to normalize pedophilia well it's just an attraction to a child i can't control it i just love
0: children something i saw recently on the internet was they were talking about how they don't want to call them pedophiles anymore because it has a negative connotation. Yeah, it is yeah. a
3: negative thing. You, well, yeah. I'm just saying
0: they did not want to call it because it They're has a negative connotation. Themselves. They wanted to na- They wanted to say that they are like child attracted. See, yeah. and that's so that child attracted, not pedophiles. But again, that's not that's, sorry, bro. That's... You're
1: a pedophile. But that's you're nothing new because shit. because back in the day, you had Nambla. What Nambla? It, it was an acronym you for the North American Man Boy Love Association. Stop. It was a group, a, a full- Look it up. Google it right now. Stop That's it. a real thing.
0: It it was if
3: I a- find this on Google, I'm quitting life altogether. First
0: off, you need to go to Pornhub.com. How do you spell do that? Do not. How <laughs> <put laughs> do you spell that? that?
1: So it's just NAMBLA, North American Man Boy Love No, no, no. How do you spell Pornhub? No. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Holy shit, you're not lying. What the f- just for everyone listening, he's not on Pornhub. He's on He Nambla. just Googled Nambla. But, I mean, this is, again, they're just rebranding themselves. And so back then it was like, hey, we're not pedophiles. We are just part of the Man Boy Love Association. We just love children. Yeah. And now it's, we're child, uh, you know, attracted. But, again, you've got these people in the world who, it's like, what the hell is going on? And it's social media and the age of the internet has made it so easy.
2: For Every, everything is at your fingertips, right? And, and it's just, I think, um, there's so many apps out there that parents just have no idea what their kids are doing, right? You have apps that are disguised as, you know, calculators, right? Yeah. But you get on there and it's a chat app and you know, your, your 12 year old daughter could be chatting with a 40 year old dude yeah. <laughs> living in his mom's basement, you know? And, and it's scary. I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, what in the world is happening and it's hey. it's sad to see these people being victimized and so you know that is i think one of the more rewarding parts of being a, a copper is you know putting these guys away and getting them identified and so they're kind of on the radar and hopefully not able and to do it again it's but. it's
1: funny because every one of these pederasts pederasts <laughs> these pederasts they, like, as soon as you get somebody who is almost like an alpha male or somebody who can actually get shit done, like, you get them in the box and these guys are just like the most timid weak, like, <laughs> please don't hurt me. I'm sorry. Like, you're like, and- Well, that's why I like to victimize children. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. Yeah. But more, the more vulnerable of our yeah. population. And so, again, you know, this is the shit that's going on in the world today. In
3: what frame of mind do you think you're going to go to the general public in the United States of America- and try to general or try to normalize physical sexual attraction to a minor. Because I'm telling you
0: right now, look at what they've done in the last 10 years, normalizing the shit that they've normalized. Look at what it is now to 10 years ago and shit that you would have thought 10 years ago is off the wall is normal now. Is absolutely normal. So it's it's little by little and there's a, the old analogy, the old allegory of you know, you take you take a frog and you throw it into a boiling pot of hot water jump out. it's going to jump right out but if you put a, a frog in a you know lukewarm water and then, and then slowly, slowly turn that heat up and that frog will boil to death because it's slowly being assimilated and inoculated that's what's happening in, to our world it's exactly what's yeah. happening and to us here in this
1: world if you look at the world today you know have they say like everyone matters everyone you know there's nothing wrong with whatever you are whatever you want to be you have to respect me you have to respect what I want to be you have to respect my opinion they're they're seeing these pederasts. They're seeing that and like, okay, well, let's hop on the bandwagon. And I love kids. I like little boys and little girls. And you can't tell me I'm wrong because then you're a hate monger. Yeah. And luckily, you're, you're asking how it's going to happen. They're already they're already changing the verbiage they're using. You can no longer call them
0: pederasts or we don't want the little uh, pedophiles, pedophiles because that has a negative connotation. <clears throat> you have to say that they're you know. Juvenile attracted or your youth attracted or you know child attracted, it's like that's how you do it. Little by little, the little ch- things that change. You just don't do it overnight. You do it little by little, precept upon precept, and the next thing you know, you've got pedophilia, which is completely legal. Yeah, you know it's just little by little. You know and that's what I think what we're talking about. Like little by little, we're seeing the deterioration of civilization.
2: <laughs> yeah, kind of exactly. What it's coming down to, well, in, in this I don't know. This is kind of off topic,
0: but it's okay. We like to go off in the weeds. We love we, we, we so. So one aren't. thing that I
2: that I did, you know, when you when you when you you know told me kind of what we were going to be talking about and kind of what's going on, this isn't necessarily like unusual or, you know, weird or kind of what's going on, when you're kind of in the realm that we're in, yeah, right, you know, public service. It's almost like more normal. Yeah. So I remember uh, being a brand new boot uh, and. I have a TO and I had never handled a death Train call. officer. Yeah. So, and, and this dude was salty as shit. Like, you know, he's not, you know, tactically and officer safety wise, he's not going to teach you a lot, but no. he, he had done a bunch of time in detectives and I, I had only been out a few weeks. We get a death call at one of these little shitty motels. You know, I'm 21 years old, fresh out of the Academy, never handled a death call before. And I'm a little nervous. I'm like, man, am I going to see something that's going to bother me? You know, I've heard people talk about smells and bad odors and, you know, gore and blood and guts and stuff. And I'm in the back of my, you know, I'm not going to say anything at the time, but I'm like, oh, is this going to bug me? So we turn up and it's this tweaker motel on one of the tracks. And uh, the housekeeper had gone in to clean the room. And so we show up because the housekeeper had gone in and found this lady dead on on the bed, Right. And I, so we get in there and we arrive at the same time as fire. And I remember going in and this lady's on the bed and her body is kind of upright, but her legs are on the bed and her legs are kind of contorted. And it just kind of looked weird. Right. And she's this older lady, obviously used drugs and kind of a tweaker. And she had passed away at some point and the housekeeper found her and the fire guy walks over and he puts his hand on her leg and she goes, Bah, and she jumps up. <laughs> and so every all of us in the room were like ah, and jump you know and so the fire guy like he looks at her and he's like we thought
1: you were dead and she goes no i was just tired
2: of shit <laughs> <laughs> she was live and well and just sawn logs yeah,
0: that was weird
2: that i didn't so i didn't realize help. how many yeah. people die in bathtubs either Right, uh, and nobody finds them for a know, while. It's funny
0: you say that because I was thinking about the same thing. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I've
3: heard that, but I've never found a dead person. Really? I found, I found Luckily, like you have. Yeah, I found a bunch. All of the ones that I've are either in their living room, they're on their couch, or they're
1: fallen
2: out of
3: their in bed. their bed. Yeah.
1: Or a lot of people want to commit suicide in the bathtub because it makes cleanup a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I've seen tons, tons of suicides in. Yeah, in sad. the bathtub.
2: It's it's weird though. I mean. You know, you talk about the smell of decomp and it sticks to you. It sticks in your clothes and mm. it sticks in your nose. And
0: my wife will say something to me when I come home. Like, yo, She'll yeah. Like, We're you know, that like, body. So I'll,
2: I'll, I'll call my wife and just say, hey, you know, I'm getting changed in the garage and just have a <laughs> bag ready and I'm coming in yeah. naked and we yeah. need to. She's like, oh, so no, I don't still. You know what? No. We need to, you know, TCB. Take care of
1: business <laughs> so,
2: by getting the clothes what does, clean. What does, what does that mean?
1: What does take care of business Get mean? Get, Get the clothes clean. Get the clothes clean. Fire up the washer. So I still, uh, your your officer from the pre, George from the previous story. Yeah. I was with him when somebody reported like, "Hey, I think there's a dead body in this field," and it's just it's just this big open field where one of our shelters used to be that had been torn down, and um
0: oh this happened a couple months ago
1: yeah this person set up a tent in the middle of this field and obviously so they put a fence around it but obviously you know being the intrepid homeless people that they are they found a way in (laughs) and no one had obviously cleared like so the weeds are growing super tall so they're probably like three four feet up there and so this this tent is not easily viewable from the street or anything but you know as word does on the street spreads around like hey there's a dead body And so they, somebody, uh, George and I happened to be on another call in the area and these people flag us down like, pretty sure there's a dead body over there. So me and George go trekking in and when you get about 30, 40 yards away, it hits you like, oh yeah, something, that's a dead body. So we get to their little tent area and, you know, we're trying to make sure they're not just... Tired as shit, sleeping up. <laughs> we start like not. You start rubbing her leg. No, <laughs> you can't get that far. Are you alive? So this this person had probably been probably been dead for probably like two weeks uh, in this tent, and it had kind of gone through a heat wave. And so, you know, even in a tent during the heat, it, it gets pretty hot. And you know, it's kind of start hitting the tent. Hey, you know, police, you in there? You alive? You're okay? Well, the the tent flap had kind of been like left open, so we kind of hunched down. He sees some legs. And you're like, "Oh yeah, that person's dead." And so
0: <laughs> did it remind you of the scene out of The Wizard of Oz? Like the, the leg sticking out. The leg
1: sticking out from under the house. <laughs> but but, shh, but this this person was was Sans' ruby slippers. Oh. Okay. So poor George had never been on someone that had been down for a while. And we get them I'm like, okay. Before we walk up, I'm like, he
0: had never been down on or on one like that on the decomp
1: No. And so at this time, you know, he had a nice little, nice little scruff going on. Yeah, because we just got our beards approved. Yep. And so I'm, I tell him, I'm like, hey, just so you know, this is going to be bad. If if there is, and it's been down for a while, it's going to be bad, and it's going to smell. So just be prepared. And he was like, Yeah, no problem, I got it. And so we get up there and I, I remember because as we're walking, he like stops, he's like, Oh, <laughs> how
0: far away were you when he started? Like again, like thirty four. And yards. you're out and you're outside. Yeah. And, and I'm wrong. like Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, grasshopper, this is it's gonna get worse. So we we truck up there and sure enough we kind of see the legs, We're like, hey, well, this is obviously a dead body. We open the tent flap more. And at the time we could not tell if this was male or female. And you look at the face, and it was just a swirl of black because all these mm-hmm. bugs were on any part of exposed skin. Just so you looked at it, and all there was no face. It was just a swirling black mass of insects. And I look at George, and he's like. Mm-hmm. He almost lost his lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, You okay? And he's like, yeah, No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, Okay, why don't we make some calls? You stand right here. You watch this. You did not. Yeah. I was like, You're scene security, buddy. So Die. I obviously had to go call people, you know, to get the dicks out there, call supervisors in to start running the scene and everything. And I come back like 30, 40 minutes later. He's like, Yeah, I think I need a break. You know, dicks get out there and everything. We call the body snatchers, the uh, medical examiner's office, Tom, to come take this body and. I told George, I was like, no, you know that you're going to smell that for like the next three days. Like you're going to bathe and clean and wash and soap and bleach, whatever. It's not going away. He's and I see smell him. Smell that in everything. And I see him the next night and he had like trimmed his beard like almost off. And he's like, it's still in my beard. I can still smell it. Like, That's what I'm saying, buddy. Yeah, bro. You're like, welcome to the late show.
0: <laughs> welcome to the late
2: Graveyard
3: show. show. Welcome to the crew I like it. Was that when he first came back to Graves? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he hadn't been back for very long. That's funny. Well, once again, we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to Domesticated Savages podcast appreciate you guys listening here we do it for you the listeners you can find us on all our normal social media pages find us at domesticated underscore savages on instagram find us at domesticated savages on facebook find us at Copsavages on twitter and always go to our website domesticatedsavages.com for that once again i'd like to welcome Corey for coming out and being on this podcast has been awesome been a pleasure having you out here buddy you got some great stories you're fun to chill with Thanks Fun, for man. having me. Of course. Uh plug your plug your again. plug your stick, what you got.
2: Hey, uh for hard charger apparel, check us out southtrackapparel.com and uh check us out on Instagram, Facebook at southtrackapparel one word.
0: I'd like to once again thank you guys for listening in. Remember, stay savage. Savage squad.
1: Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs>